All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 5. We're going to continue the message that we began two weeks ago. And um, I really think I finished the message, but I can't remember, so we're going to uh, uh, finish it. And I've got about five or six more new points on obedience. You know, obedience is the very best way, and it's the only way to be a blessing. And uh, the main point of last week, A week ago, two weeks ago, we preached on I Thirst last Wednesday night, is that it's an avenue for blessing. It's an avenue for blessing. And it's an avenue to bless the Lord, and it's an avenue to be a blessing. So don't forget that. I think that's about slide number eight or so in review. But um, turn to Luke chapter 5. I'm just going to summarize that, then we'll slip over to Acts chapter um, 5. Look at Luke chapter 5, just for a few minutes, and I appreciate you being here. A lot of people on vacation, uh, spring break, I think Gordon County is a spring break. They ought to coordinate that, amen? I'll be Whitfield County and Gordon County the same week. That way we wouldn't be scattered out, but uh, they didn't think about it. So somebody straighten them out, amen? But uh, Luke chapter 5, we said it came to pass that the people pressed upon the Lord uh, to hear the word of God, and he stood by. Lake of Gennesaret, and they saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And uh, an unusual request from our Lord, <clears throat> from Peter. They fished all night, caught nothing. He said, launch out just a little bit. <clears throat> and, um, and he sat down and he taught the people, verse 3. In Luke chapter 5, verse 4, the Bible says, and when he had left speaking, he was he said to Simon, launch out into the deep now and let down your net for a draw. <clears throat> he says, you're going to catch more than you ever caught in your life. And Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their nets break. And they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And when they come and filled both the ships, so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And he was astonished at all that were with him and 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 the draught of fish which they had taken. And so was the James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's pray just a moment, and then we'll preach uh, out of Luke chapter 5 and Acts chapter 5 on uh, this thought, the blessing of obedience. Father, thank you that we can trust and obey. And there is no other way to be holy and to be happy and to be fruitful and have the furtherance of the gospel through our lives and be filled with the Spirit of God. So, Lord, help us to realize the key of the Christian life is not willing and dealing, but it's yielding and obeying your word and your leading. And God, help us to be obedient servants tonight and follow you no matter what the cost. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The blessing of obedience. You know, for last week 
and we'll just review real quick some of the the points just so you are the week before uh, we had the blessed privilege of seeing Peter obey without question uh, he uh, uh, you know changing the old vessel into a divine instrument the 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 ship became a pulpit and an instrument for the Lord because of Peter's obedience. Then second of all, obeying in a small, little insignificant thing, they, were, they told all night, and everything is, is, is the key to spiritual progress. We need to obey God no matter what. And of course, obeying God is always beneficial. Verse 3, Jesus taught the eternal word from Peter's boat. And uh, thank God we need to be baptized, we need to attend church, we need to tithe, we need to witness, we just need to obey in the little things, and not even the little things, but the essential things, the fundamental things, and God will help you with bigger uh, challenges in your life. And then, of course, obeying might require you to do some things that seem unreasonable. They told all night, and they caught nothing. But folks, we need to not rationalize, we need to actualize what God wants. Then number six, obeying God allowed him to demonstrate his power. Uh, verse seven, this is the key. Um, we see the ships were filled to sinking and they were filled with the spirit of God and the word of God. Those that rode in those boats and obedience is an expression of your faith. And without faith, um, it's impossible to please God, but without obedience, you don't have faith. So we just trust God. Trust God, and he'll bring it to pass. Then seventhly, obeying God can result in dramatic change in your lives. First of all, we see uh, they forsook all and followed him. They became fishers of men, and they became followers of God and representatives and ambassadors for God, as been taught the last two weeks in Sunday school. And so obeying God can result in dramatic change. But I want to, tonight to uh, draw your attention to several verses about how we ought to obey, how we ought to obey. First of all, we are to obey enthusiastically, cheerfully, and willingly. Folks, you know, I believe with all my heart, it's like a child, when they, when they obey their parents, it ought to be with the right attitude. And so, some, so, so many people have no smiles, no joy, no, no, no uh, uh, temperament, and, and folks, this is contagious. A smile is contagious. We ought to smile by faith, but we ought to smile because God has directed our lives, blessed our lives, and we're blessed. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19. You all know verse 18 by heart probably, and it's a great, tremendous verse on uh, though your sins be as scarlet, uh, they shall be white as wool, thank God. And uh, folks, uh, thank God for that. But, uh, and we're saved, saved, saved by the grace of God. But look at verse 19, Isaiah 1, 19. The Bible says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. If you'll be willing and obedient, uh, he said, I'll bless you. And so, folks, we need to enthusiastically obey God. We need to cheerfully obey God. Uh, you know, some people learn their testimonies and their attitude towards obedience. They're like they've been baptized in persimmon juice, and their mother-in-law's come to live with them. Folks, listen, you ought to be happy people, amen? You ought to be thrilled and happy about being able to do something for God. And then second of all, energetic and devout and fervent. You ought to be energetic, devout and fervent. I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's a lot of people that give their lives, their energy to a lot of lesser things like sports, 
like uh, themselves, like careers, like um, education. That's lesser things. Uh, that don't change people for eternity. Look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. Romans chapter 12, verse 11, please. Well, God's been good today, I'll tell you what. He's been he's good all the time, but he, he could have been bad. And God blessed and spared, and we thank God for it. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 11, the Bible says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. There'll be some fervency about our life. There'll be some enthusiasm about our life. And um, we need to, last but not least, we need to, or thirdly, we need to obey God with all our heart. With all our heart. I don't believe God deserves the leftovers. I don't believe God deserves uh, uh, an unwilling servant. I believe you ought to serve God faithfully and voluntarily and sacrificially and not count it as a duty but count it as a joy. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 26 verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 26 and um, let's look at uh, verse 16 if you would. Hope you got the message of that song even though it was a little out of sync. Folks he'll stand by you if you'll, if you'll let him. and He'll stand by his obedient servant if you'll just stand for him. This country's crazy, isn't it? This, this world's gone nuts. And there's some things I don't even understand how people can get a movement on. But folks, we got the word of God, and we're the part of the church of the living God, and we ought to realize we're on the offense, and they're on the defense. And we shouldn't apologize for being a Christian and obedient and doing what God tells us to do by faith. 26.16 says, This day the Lord thy God hath commanded thee to do these statues, and judgments, thou shalt therefore keep and do them with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Amen? That's what we ought to do. We ought to serve God with all our heart and all our soul. And then number four, uh, we are to obey um, as our number one priority. Our number one priority. Uh, look at Acts chapter 5, and that will bring us into this chapter that I wanted to just give you a few points out of about obedience. Acts chapter 5. And verse 29, <clears throat> Acts chapter 5 and verse 29, <clears throat> the Bible says this, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, <clears throat> excuse me, we ought to obey God rather than man. Amen? Now they were about to be uh, arrested, beat, uh, persecuted, <clears throat> and they said, hey, listen, I know it's not going to be easy but we'd rather obey God than man. So it ought to be our priority. Every day, we ought to obey God instead of our own flesh. We ought to obey God than this world. We ought to obey God more than we obey Satan and his promptings. We ought to obey God. We ought to be obedient Christians. It's the key to the Christian life. It's the very essential key is obedience. It must be the number one party. And then fifthly, it must be extensive, all God's command. In Psalms 119 and verse 6. Psalms 119, verse 6. I'll take my time so you can, you can find it and mark it and write it down. Um, thought about uh, having those verses put up on the wall tonight, but uh, we can only do one thing at a time. Uh, but we're going to try to do that later. Psalms 119, and look at verse 6, please. The longest chapter of the Word of God is about the Word of God and about 
the importance of obeying the word of God. Look at verse 6. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. From kiver to kiver, as the old mountaineer said, you ought to obey the word of God. You ought to, you ought to trust and obey everything in this book. Then sixthly, obedience must be constant. Look at Psalms 106. You're in the neighborhood. Psalms 106 and verse 3. And we'll get to the main part of the message. We won't keep you too long tonight. Psalms 106, verse 3. The Bible says this, Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. You're blessed if you keep judgment and, and doeth righteousness at all times. Don't disobey God on Sunday. Some people can't even do that. But we need to obey God Monday through Sunday. Amen? Sunday through Sunday. And so obedience must be constant. And that's a sign of obedient, loving spirit. By the way, you'll never obey God until you know God. And that's what happened in Peter's life. He saw God, and his first response was he didn't do laps around that lake and didn't walk on water at this time. He bowed before him and said, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. And Lord, call me. And he did. And so it's a, it's a humble admission that who God is. He's sovereign. He's the Lord. You don't argue with a sovereign God. You obey him. You don't debate the living God. You obey him. You don't uh, try to trace God. You trust him. And you need to do what God tells you to do without uh, exception. Impartial, immediate. I'll get to that in just a minute. And then uh, obedience must, seventhly, must be sincere. And it must please God for his glory. Folks, there's obedience that brings glory to God. It's an obedience from a willing heart. It's scriptural obedience. It's spirit-filled obedience. And God gets the glory when he brings it to pass. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10. I often teach this at our couples' retreat. We only got two weeks from tomorrow, and we'll be up there. I'm looking forward to that. I'll tell you what, it's going to be great. Uh, look at Colossians chapter 1 and uh, verse 10, please. Colossians 1.10. The Bible says this, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I want to tell you what um, obedience is, walking worthy of the Lord. Your walk should, should be worthy of the Lord. Not bringing worth to you, but worth to him. In other words, your obedience magnifies God Almighty on the throne. Amen? Your obedience. A lot of people say, I love God. Well, prove it by obeying him. Prove it by tithing. Prove it by giving to missions. Prove it by being faithful. Prove it by exhorting one another and, and encouraging one another and being what God wants you to be. And then we need to, uh, number two, realize that Obedience must be sincere and please God for his glory, but we need to walk worthy, but we need to worship. We need to witness, excuse me, faithfully. Uh, first Thessalonians, we just finished that book and what a blessing it was. But First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4, it says this, we, uh, we were, as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. So we speak not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. 
He's allowed us to be put in trust. That means you're a steward of everything you read and everything you hear and everything that you uh, uh, are instructed by. You are a steward. You're allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. And that means that you need to take the gospel to a lost and dying world because men and ladies and boys and girls have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. It's amazing. Uh, just recently, some people got saved that never heard a clear presentation of the Word of God. They were so confused about it, they uh, went back into my study and they said, let me, let me clarify this. You mean baptism doesn't save you? I said, no, it's a work. Uh, faith saves you in the death, burial, and resurrection. He got saved once he heard a clear presentation of the gospel. So we choose to witness faithfully. Uh, you are entrusted by God to hand out tracts. You're entrusted by God to speak a word in season and out of season and to, and to plant the seed by faith, knowing that God has called you to be a witness. God's called you to be an ambassador. <clears throat> God called you not to sit on the truth, but to distribute the truth. Not to bask in the <clears throat> blessings of the truth, but praise God to tell everybody about it. Sound forth in these last days. What a great day to witness during this pandemic. What a great opportunity. <clears throat> we can say a lot of things have been bad, and uh, I, I've been trying to get that shot all day. You know, when I grew up, dogs got shots. Now humans are getting shots. I thought, my word, what is this? You know, <clears throat> and I said, you know, if it'll help, my doctor said it'll help, and so here I go. But I want to tell you something, folks. Choose to witness faithfully, and then choose to worship God gratefully. You know why you're here tonight? You know why you ought to be here tonight? Because God saved your unworthy soul. You know why you're here tonight? It's only by the grace of God you're here tonight. I'm going to tell you something. God has been good. God has been good. Today he's been good to my family and spared Miss Connie from a terrible accident. And I thank God for that. She's here today, uh, tonight. Uh, and most people be sitting at home. But I want to tell you something, folks. God help us to realize that every breath is a blessing. Every step is a blessing. Every movement's a blessing. Uh, Sunday night, I think I, I don't know what was happening. I was having some deep pain in my side, couldn't breathe. And I thought, my goodness, this must be it or something. I don't know. And I was trying to figure out how I could lay on that front pew without y'all seeing me. And I just couldn't figure it out. And then God subsided all that. And I got to preach, got to take the Lord's Supper. And I hadn't had any problem all week much. And it's a blessing, amen, except my wife, harping on me going to the doctor every day, amen, and, and you know, men are so stubborn they won't go, but um, I'll probably end up there. But I want to tell you something, choose to worship God gratefully. Every breath's a blessing. I don't try to be melodramatic. I don't try to make it obvious, but I want to tell you something, friend. It's only the grace of God that any of us has the strength to be here. How many of you have been sick in the past year? Now, now you're a lot better. How many of you uh, had shortness of breath in the last year? Now you're breathing. How many, how many of you have had a heart attack? Now you're still, have, you know, how many of you had cancer? And now, uh, thank God, the Lord's healed. And folks, we ought to gratefully be here, gratefully have a testimony. And, and you know, it's easy to stay at home, and it's easy not to come. And it's got easier during this pandemic. But I want to tell you something. It's a testimony that you're grateful. And I said, I know you can be grateful at home, but there's something about witnessing to these young people 
and going by their house and picking them up in the, the, the and you just won't believe <clears throat> what some of our fifth and fourth and sixth graders have got put in their head by ungodly teachers and ungodly parents. That they can choose what they want to be? That's awful. Folks, the Bible says in Matthew, I was reading it, or Mark this, this morning, is that God made male and female. That settles it. Amen? That settles it. And folks, listen, they're all in a debate about uh, transgender girls or whoever they are playing softball, and it's going to make it unequal. Yeah, it's going to make it unequal. So they're not girls. They're mixed up men. Say amen. I mean mixed up. You say you shouldn't say that. I want to tell you something, folks. Anybody who don't go by the word of God's mixed up. Amen. And it's perverted. It's perverted. Let me just get off on this tangent a second. We need to obey God rather than man. And I want to tell you something. There's been a great upheaval this week in Arkansas, and the and the and the they had to go against the governor to not allow transgender kids, quote unquote, under 16 to have all the medication to turn to an opposite sex. And the government wanted to pass it, vetoed the Congress and vetoed the the uh, uh, House of Representatives, and, and they overrode him. I don't know how you do that, but thank God they had enough sense. You know, and folks, that is in leadership today. That's ungodly. Folks, folks our country is not going to be blessed until we get back to worshiping God publicly together, ecclesia, called out assembly, and folks, I'm going to tell you something. This place is safer than any school in America. This place is safer than any restaurant in America. And this place is safer than any um, uh, place you could go. I believe that. You said, no, it's not. We'll have an outbreak. Well, uh, you don't know how many people's had an outbreak in the other places. We just happen to be close, and everybody puts it on Facebook when everybody gets sick. Wish you wouldn't do that. But I want to tell you something, friend. God help us to get together and worship. God help us to get the choir singing again. God help us to keep on having people sing specials. God help us to keep on preaching. Folks, I believe that the only thing that's kept some people sane during this time is preaching. And I know they'd be here if they could, and several are, are uh, very um, cautious, and I thank God for them that they listen anyway, and they're worshiping with us. And I'm not putting anybody down, but I think it's time that we regather. I just I feel I feel peace about it. I feel confident about it. Uh, somebody said, "Well, there's a five percent chance uh, that you can get it even after the shots." Well, I'll take the ninety-five percent. I'm not getting it. There's a five percent chance you're gonna run into a drunk driver on the way home. Say amen, because there's a lot of drunks on the road tonight. There's five percent chance you're gonna get pneumonia. There's five percent chance you have flu. Five percent chance you're gonna have a heart attack. Five percent chance you're gonna fall and hit your head and have a brain concussion. That's right. But thank God, friend, I'll take the 95% with God. I'll take the 100% with God. Uh, folks, I, I think we're trusting medicine more than we are God. I think we trust science more than we do God. We need to trust God. There's some, I almost said we need to come out of the closet, but that's not a good term anymore. We need to trust God over science. We need to trust God. And I don't mean throw that all away and don't throw the baby out with the wars, but praise God, there's some time where we got to just trust God. And we got to obey God rather than man. We got to obey God rather than what we feel. We got to obey God. We got to obey God. We got to choose to worship God gratefully. If you let anyone keep you out of church, 
You're making them your God. If you're letting anyone uh, drive you from this church, then you're making them your God. You're bitter at somebody 15 years ago. You're making them your God. You are submitting to their leadership. You are submitting to their uh, bitterness. You're submitting to their sin. I'll tell you what, obey God rather than man. Come on anyway, amen? Folks, we went on our feelings. We'll never come back. So we need to choose to worship gratefully. I, I got a verse for it, Psalm 69, verse 30. Psalm 69, verse 30. I don't mean to be negative towards anyone that's being careful because I'm pretty careful myself. My, my, my son says, since you've had it, you think you're invincible. I said, no, I don't think I'm invincible, but I know one that is. And I'm just going to go on for God. I ain't going to be careless. And I'm going to still get that crazy shot, uh, you know, on top of having it. So I ought to be double indemnity. But I know with all my heart that we'll probably never get over this. It's going to be wave after wave after wave, just like Polio, just like leukemia. I mean, it's going to be here. And so what we got to do is be careful, but we need to worship God, obey God, and we need to assemble together and encourage one another or we're going to all fall apart. There's going to be some mental illness around here. There's going to be some suicides around here. And folks, that's not God's plan. It's not God's plan. God's plan for us to obey God gratefully. And that'll tell, but I was so grateful about what happened Sunday. And maybe we'll tell the story, he'll tell the story later, but it's a miracle what happened Sunday and some people's lives that they've been putting off for years and years and years, obedient in baptism, joining a church, a Baptist church, a great step of faith. And it's wonderful. It's just wonderful. I'll bring joy to your heart. I'll bring tears to a wife's uh, eyes as she was sobbing with tears Sunday morning because she knows what God has done and how good God is and how her spiritual leader is growing and being a spiritual leader. But look at Psalm 69, verse 30. Psalm 69, verse 34. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bullock that has horns and hooves. So we're talking about pleasing the Lord. It's impossible to please God except by faith, and it's impossible to have faith without obedience. You say that you love God, prove it. Obey Him. Obey Him. But I want to close with this real quick. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 5, and I want you to see the requirements for obedience. The requirements for obedience. Number one, it needs to be informed. I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, Crazy stuff being preached uh, in America. I mean, cults that you would not believe. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. It's sad. It's sad. And there's a long-going cult called the Catholic Church that uh, says worship man and worship Mary and, and worship the Lord's Supper and let it turn into the body of Christ as you consume it. And folks, none of that will save you. None of it. There's the Jehovah's Witnesses up the road. There's the Islams just next door. And then there's the uh, Mormons just up across from Walmart. And I want to tell you something, friend. Their doctrines are crazy. I mean, 
be faithful and you'll get 70 virgins when you get to the kingdom. That's almost lustful. That's lewd to me. You say, you shouldn't talk like that. I'll preach. Uh, listen, God called me to preach, not to politic up here. Amen. I'll preach what I want to. And I'll preach against every one of these cults because it's, 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 it's a diversion from truth. And so number one, let me just say it real quick. We'll close and go. We've got about 10 minutes. Is that we need to be informed in our faith, in our obedience. We need to be, we need to be informed. We need to have informed obedience. Look at Acts chapter 5 real quick. And I want you to look at verse 17, please. Acts chapter 5, verse 17. I know the kids aren't going to be out to 830, but I'm just going to go a few more minutes. In Acts chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says this, Then the high priest rose up with all that were with him, which were in the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. Paul had it pretty bad. And I want to tell you something, folks. Um... Ananias and Sapphire just dropped dead from lying to the Holy Spirit. And then we see uh, power of the Holy Church described in verse 12 um, and where God blessed as they uh, gathered in one accord. And then look at verse um, 19. Verse 19. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Folks, God blessed by giving them freedom. Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Now, they just got out of jail, and the Holy Ghost is telling them, go back there and do it again. How many of you would sign up for that duty? Amen? How, much would, how many of you sign up for that street for visitation? No, y'all go back where you got arrested and do it again. Why? Because the gospel is essential, essential. How can you obey God if you don't know what to obey? And folks, the word of God is what you ought to obey. Then number two, we see that it ought to be intentional obedience. Present yourself every morning to live in sacrifice. I want you to turn to Proverbs, two, two, two verses in Proverbs, Proverbs 8.32. Proverbs 8.32. And I want you to look at this verse. This is a blessing. This is wisdom in one verse. Proverbs 8 and verse 32. The Bible says this, Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. <clears throat> That's pretty simple, isn't it? You'll be blessed if you'll obey. <clears throat> not your feelings, not somebody else, and not your fears. You obey God rather than man and rather than yourself. Look at uh, Proverbs 28.9. <clears throat> Proverbs 28.9. And I love this verse. I don't know why I love it so much. I guess because it's so clear. But it says this, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. It means it stinks, stinks in the nostrils of God, makes God sick. What makes God sick? Prayers without obedience. <clears throat> Some people think they can just shoot up a flare prayer in the emergency room and everything will be fine. I want to tell you something. If you're not in the will of God, it won't be fine. It won't be fine. Maybe somebody else's prayers will be answered, but yours won't. Folks, we need to abide in his words, and we need to abide in him, and he sh and we can ask, and he shall grant it. Day by day, yield to the Spirit of God. And then it ought to be immediate obedience. Look at Acts 5, 28. What did they do? Look back in Acts chapter 5, verse 28, and I'll close. 
It says this. It says, <clears throat> and saying, did, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? So there you, you're coming back, this name. And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine <clears throat> and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Verse 29, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Folks, they were threatening them again. They were powerful men. They were big politicians, big Sanhedrin, big religionists. But I want you to see something uh, about their immediate response. Verse 30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Their first response was, I serve a risen Savior. He's in my heart today, and you can't shut me up. Look at verse 31. It says in Acts chapter 5, verse 31, it says, Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be prince and savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. He's preaching now and saying, hey, I'm going to obey God immediate. No procrastination can be a form of disobedience. God told them to go back, they went back. You know, understanding can wait, but obedience cannot. Where God puts a period at the end of a statement, don't you dare put a question mark. If he said do it, he will supply the means. He will protect you. He will help you. Just obey God. And then last but not least, it ought to be inflexible obedience. Look at verse 33. When they'd heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Regardless of the cost, no matter what, not partial obedience, not cafeteria-style Christianity, I'll take this one and this one and this one and this one. I was talking to Bryce right before the service, and I said, where would you like to go eat? He said, my favorite restaurant is Golden Corral. I said, what? A nine-year-old that wants to go to Golden Corral? He says, yeah, it's a buffet, Papa, and you can eat all you want. I said, well, buddy, if you had COVID-19, I'll take you. But if you hadn't, I'm, I'll, I'll bring the buffet to you. And I'll tell you something, friend, that tickled me that he wanted to go to a buffet. But I want to tell you something, a lot of Christians want to go to a buffet too. They want to have a little dab here and a little dab there. They don't want collard greens. They don't want mashed potatoes. They don't want rutabagas. Uh, they don't want uh, the straight stuff that will do them good. They, don't want, they want, uh, they want uh, just desserts. All they want is the fluff. They want Cool Whip. Topped on everything. Amen. The day we couldn't get Silas to eat anything, and he got a hold of a of um, Oreo Mrs. Smith pie. And buddy, we couldn't stop him from eating. I think I made him sick. He just kept on sucking it down. He kept on cool whipping it and cool whipping it. And I said, Man, he's finally eating something. Wasn't good something, but it was something. Amen. And I thought to myself, that's a lot like a lot of Christians. We just want the fluff. We just want the cool whip. Folks, what we need is God to speak, and no matter what, we need to obey. We need to obey. They took counsel to what? Slay them. When's the last time your life's been in jeopardy for your obedience? Probably never. Maybe your feelings get hurt, but that, nobody's ever threatened your life, have they? Well, go overseas and you'll have your life there. Go to Bosnia. and Don't criticize somebody that's coming home. You don't know what's going on over there. I'll tell you this, friend, we ought to be inflexible about our obedience. We ought to obey God rather than man. We ought to obey God 
for his pleasure and his glory. Folks, here's the bottom line. Does it please God? That would do away with a lot of rules and regulations in your life. Because when you have that higher goal of pleasing a holy God with a holy life, that takes care of all the do's and don'ts. You just follow God. You just fall in love with God. You just obey God when he reveals something in your, in your life. And praise God, do it. And then last but not least, uh, Brother Cody, I, I think I got one more point and no poem. Uh, rewards of obedience. The rewards of obedience. The Spirit will re- be received. Acts 5.32, look at it. Acts 5.32, and they, there are witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost whom God has given to them that obey him. They're being persecuted. They're being threatened. They've been thrown back in jail. They've been stoned and and, uh, whipped and and beat up. And uh, Lord on the, I mean, only uh, Stephen was slain and Paul witnessed it. Now Paul's being beat up and persecuted, hurt, lonely, destitute, naked, in perils often, even the perils of his own church, the Bible says, in hunger, Beat five times, scourged five. He, he was scourged more than our Lord. And what was his response? Well, the Holy Ghost whom God has given to them that obey him. He says, I'm going to obey God and trust the Holy Ghost to give me power over my cowardness, over myself. God cannot trust some people with his power because they don't use it right. They're not obedient. I mean, you need to realize that God, the Holy Spirit, will rule and reign in your life if you'll let him. Have you ever taught a teenager to drive? I mean, that's an experience, amen? I don't forget when I was teaching Jason to drive, I took the wrong turn and we ended up on top of the mountain up here. And I thought to myself, this ain't a good road to learn to drive on. Because if he goes off of it, we're both dead men. But uh, he stayed on the right side, and thank God we didn't go back over the mountain when we got back. But have you ever taught a teenager to drive? If a father is teaching his teen to drive, and all you begin to explain uh, to him where the brake pedal is, and then you, the teen, all he wants is the go, 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 and all he wants is the accelerator. He don't care about the brake. That's the only thing he wants is the accelerator. What would you do? Well, you'd take the keys away from him and tell him he's not ready to drive. And, folks, I want to tell you something. The the, the Holy Spirit releases his love and his power, but he also he restrains you from doing what the flesh says do. He, 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 he restrains you, but he fills you. Folks, he fills you with the Spirit of God. If you were to bring an old clunker into the gas station and had to push it, I mean, it's all beat up and no doors on it, and you looked at the uh, gas station attendant when they used to fill up the tank and you didn't have to do it yourself and say, fill her up to overflowing. You know what he'd ask you? Why? And folks, I want to tell you something, friend. God's not going to fill an already full vessel. God's not going to fill a disobedient vessel. And being filled with the Spirit of God is synonymous with being filled with the Word of God. That means you're obedient. You're willing to serve. You're willing to witness. You're willing to let the Spirit of God flow through your life, not just in your life. And so joy is achieved. Look at Acts 5.41 real quick. Let's look at the end of the story. 
Acts 5.41. The Bible says, And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be beat to a pump and put in jail. Now, Saturday morning, you might get your feelings hurt, and you might not feel good, and that's about all that's going to happen. But I want to tell you something. In Paul's life, his life was put in jeopardy every time he witnessed, but he counted it joy to be worthy to suffer shame for his name. Obedience is not always convenient, and it's not always easy, but it's always necessary. And here's the result, the reward of obedience. Look at verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. The gospel is believed. Folks, I want to tell you what makes the gospel real believable. Your obedience. Your obedience. I want to tell you something. Obedience is not just for the missionary to go to South Africa either. The missionary, the missionary should be obedient. And it's hard sometimes to leave your country and leave your family. But folks, I want to tell you something. Sometimes God calls you to South Dalton to witness, to knock on a door. He lays somebody on your heart. When's the last time God the Holy Spirit said, go witness that person? Now. Go to their house now. Knock on their door now. Give them the gospel now. And if you obeyed, what did God do? He blessed. They might not have got saved at that moment, but they got saved sooner or later because you were obedient. So folks, obedience is not the very best way. It's the only way for God to be pleased and for your life to be God-glorified. Father, use this message. Thank you, God, for the privilege of preaching in these few minutes. And God, sometimes it's obedience and sometimes it's joy, but Lord, thank you for these folks' faithfulness. Thank you for Brother Randy's faithfulness to lead this singing all these years. And thank you for these piano players and organ players. And God, thank you for these ushers. It's not easy. It hadn't been easy the last 13 months, 14 months, whatever it's been. But God, it's been necessary. It's been essential because, Lord, your gospel is essential. Your word is essential. The church is essential. More essential than all these politics put together. It's essential. And Lord, I thank you that there's some that are obeying you willingly, impartially, immediately. God, they're, 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 they're doing it with response to the word of God. And Lord, you're blessing their life. Thank you for their obedience. God, may we realize one of the key words in the Christian life is obedience. With every head bowed, every eye closed, have me say, Preacher, tonight, I just want to be a more obedient child to God. I want to follow the leader of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. I want to follow your leadership as pastor. I want to follow God's word as I read it. And I want to, I want to, I want to put leather on what I read. I want to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And that's your prayer tonight. Anybody just lift your hand up and say, I need to be more obedient. God bless you all over this place. What a blessing. Father, use this message. Help us to be obedient. And we'll thank you and praise you for the blessing of seeing people saved through this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen.